really think one of these quarantine days I should have pretended curl my hair but my roots are so bad I need a haircut my hair is so weighed down oh I can't wait for this to be over <laughs> This is the Relentlessly Love Podcast. It's me, Amanda, and I cannot wait to just fill your heart with love. Hey guys, so today we are going to get thick. We are just going to get to the nitty gritty. I would like for this to kind of make a little bit more sense as to why I am the way I am. Kind of give you my life story. It's not a quick story because I'm like old, not really, but I feel like I've lived a lot <laughs> in the last 30 years and it is not, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just me. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. So we're just going to get to it. That fantasy, you know, the fantasy of the picture-perfect family, it's just never, never been in my cards. And I think that it has really shaped how I view family and um, how I view loyalty. A lot of this will make sense as to, I think it'll make sense to the people that know me, but they don't quite know me. So let me know how you feel. If this makes total sense, it's totally why Amanda is the way she is. This is really why I love so hard and why I'm so passionate about the people that I love really hard. I think it will also make sense as to why I'm okay with people leaving my life because I'm not afraid of people leaving my life. Like I'm, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> a funny story. We're going to start with a funny story. I think it was like seventh grade, right? And the teacher was like one of the first days of school. And she's like, everybody tell the class like a fun fact about you. And I was like, I mean, I'm kind of boring, but I mean, I guess I could like finagle some things here. So I told the class and I was like totally confident in this and it makes total sense to me. And I was like super excited to just like blow their minds. So I told the whole class that I was an only child. I was the oldest of four children and I had two half siblings, all of them. Like people were like turning around in their seats, confused, right? And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. You heard me. I'm an only child and I have siblings. Take that. <laughs> so I'm going to start with how the hell that happens. So stick with me. As I go through this, I will also give people's names instead of saying mom and dad or whatever. I'm going to give names so that y'all can keep track because there's a lot of people in my life and they're all important. I have my mom. Her name is Misty. Misty gave birth to me. And then there's my dad, Russ. They had me when they were barely 20 years old. <laughs> These little babies. <laughs> and I... I was three months old in this little apartment that I can just see in my head. The images that I've seen just like in little pictures and how the story is painted for me every time I ask about it. I can just see this little cute apartment that my mom has put together. My dad came home from work one morning early in the morning. He, I don't remember what he did during the night, but he worked at night and he came home that morning. 
he just came into the door and heard me crying. He went and found that my mom had passed away in her sleep. I was left in the crib to cry until my dad got home. That, like, everybody asked how my mom died. No one liter- no one knows. Um, her heart literally just stopped. Now that I've gone through, like, some spiritual work and stuff like that, I'm very comfortable saying that that was her time. It, those, those are really the only details that I have um, of my dad finding me. So what had happened next was I, me and my dad moved in with Misty's parents. So that's the Stovalls, just so you know, for future reference. And then after we were there, so my mom passed away in October and then in comes my, in comes in Misty's high school best friend, high school, junior high, maybe even elementary school, best friend and her name's Andrea so she comes into the picture almost immediately Russ and Andrea start dating so by January probably told the world in February she was pregnant Andrea was pregnant so my mom had been gone for just a few months they got pregnant with my brother Forrest So then that same year, so 1990, my, so Andrea and Russ got married in July. They got married in Utah and then they had Forrest in September. So all within 11 months, my dad loses his first wife, has a second baby and marries his second wife. Let me move, let me move to my sister. So me and Forrest are 15 months apart. And then 15 months later, after Forrest was born, my sister Taylor is born. So there's three kids, 15 months apart. Literally, all of us are 15 months apart. And so that makes me an only child with Russ and Misty. And then that gives me two half-siblings with my dad and Andrea. So, And then the, the fourth baby comes into my life later. And oof, oof, you guys. So just to clarify just to kind of put it out there, it has taken me a really, really long time, um, probably like 20, 20 years to really understand my dad's grieving process. I still don't understand it. There are days that there are days. Let me, let me say this. There are years that I was angry with him for making that decision. There were years that I was heartbroken for him. And the older I get, And the closer I get with my dad, the more I understand how his grieving process works. The more I just adore my father. (laughs) The older I get, the more I adore him, even though it has taken me a long time to get through the anger and the the heartbrokenness I had for him. Um, But now I I can definitely say that I love him, I respect him, and... It literally has given me the groundwork to be able to fully understand that nobody has the same grieving process. Ma, so Andrea and Russ got married in Utah, but we all lived in Colorado until I was about three. Once they were able to, they moved out to Utah. Uh, like I said, I was like three. And we moved into my dad's grandparents' home here in Utah. This is the beginning of 
drama that I didn't even know was happening until I was an adult. So here, here, here we go. I don't know the details. This is all the, the details that I'm getting are all very pieced together. And I wasn't, I mean, I was there, but I wasn't there. You know what I mean? So what had happened is in the nineties, there was a thing <laughs> and it was grandparents' rights. So my, the Stovalls had asked for grandparents' rights because I was now leaving Colorado to go to Utah. So basically, uh, a court battle ensued. I don't know that they even went to court. I don't, I do believe it was a battle. But basically, it, we had to have in writing that my grandparents could still see me. And moving to Utah would kind of diminish the relationship that I had with them and they did the Stovalls didn't want that so they had to kind of go through a little bit of a battle to be able to see me and I remember they would come out when I got my my tonsils and my adenoids taken out they would come visit me um, in the summer or in the spring and then as I got older I got to be able to fly to Colorado so I've been flying on an airplane by myself since I was like five or six so your girl she's a pro I'm a pro um, the whole flying by yourself thing, I mean, getting on the plane and off the plane first, I mean, it was kind of nice sometimes. I got escorted. It was really nice. Obviously, this was way a long time ago before things are different now, but, um, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. I enjoyed going out there every summer. So, in, uh, in the middle of all of this, um, Andrea had asked to adopt me so they started the legal process of adoption with me now I didn't understand how all this worked until I was older obviously and I actually dug through it but so I mean Andrea legally adopted me as her um, child so this changed my birth certificate and this changed all the legal rights that Andrea had to me I I didn't I mean, I was grateful for it when I was growing up. I didn't understand any of it until I started going through my own documents when I turned 18 and 21, where I was actually having to be an adult and actually like use your birth certificate for things. Um, that's when I got really upset by actually being adopted by her. I no longer had Misty's name on anything of mine. So anything legal of mine, Misty was no longer a part of. So to me, it was like they wrote off Misty from my life. Um, I I try to be very objective when I talk about this um, because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Um, but I but I have feelings too, <laughs> and I I understand why my dad chose to make that decision and. Um, I just wish that I had a say and I didn't get one and I don't know that I would have made the same decision. Growing up, all I had of Misty, all of hers that I had was one picture in my room of her and oh, I don't, I don't have it in my office or um, I would show you guys on the video right now, um, but I'll try to plop it in. So if you want to want to look at it, you can. And it was the one picture that I had growing up of her um, in my room. That's all I ever had of hers. Everything else was at my 
grandparents' house, the Stowell's house. Um, trunks and her belongings, some of her belongings. She was a cheerleader, so all of her cheer stuff was at my grandparents'. And so, yes, all I had of hers was one picture. And I couldn't even really talk about her. The vibe in the, in the home was weird when I would ask questions. So I just didn't unless it was just me and my dad. And I remember like one day I wanted to, you know, have show and tell and show off my mom's picture. And my dad had to make sure that everybody knew that Andrea was my mom and that we were grateful for her in our lives. So I had to make sure everybody knew about that when I brought my mom's picture to school. And since it, it was really hard to talk about it um, because it was so weird to talk about at home. Like the weird, meaning the vibes were weird. And no one really gave me information about my mom. I had no idea. I didn't know what questions to ask. If I asked questions, they didn't get answered. And so it was, I didn't really talk about it. Most people growing up did not know that my mom passed away when I was three months old. I only told them if they asked or, you know, in some kind of vague way. They weren't like, oh, did your mom die? <laughs> Um, it was more like, you look nothing like your siblings. You look nothing like your sister. And I'm like, well, there's kind of a reason. And so I didn't really talk about it. I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I never got that motherly love. Um, I never received that nurturing relationship. I don't ever feel gypped from it. I feel like I'm a better person because of it. But in my heart, I know that my mom has always been there with me. Let's see. Then, Forrest and Taylor. Uh, we literally would beat the shit out of each other. We barely played together. Forrest and Taylor were, like, tied at the hip. I was the third wheel. We didn't really get along. I was kind of a loner. Even... To this day, it's kind of the same. <laughs> um, but when I was 10, um, I got one of the biggest blessings of my life. Oh, I'm going to try not to cry right now. We, so Andrea and Russ, adopted my little brother, Quentin. And he came to us when he was seven days old. And he was with his birth mom for the first seven days. And then she flew out to Utah and we got to bring him home and it was like love at first sight. <laughs> I, I basically raised him. My dad was working. My dad was a car salesman. And so he was gone six days a week, you know, 13 hours a day. Andrea was working sometimes. She would work at the zoo, which was far away. She was working there full time. And so me and Quentin were together a lot. And then as we got older, um, Andrea was like super mom with Taylor and was always down with her when she was riding her horses. So Quentin and I spent a lot of time together. So he and I are very close. We are very close to this day. When I was 16, uh, my world crumbled again. And my dad told me and my sister in the kitchen that he and Andrea were getting a divorce and my world shattered. I felt like I was being left alone to fight my battles. My dad was moving out. He was still going to work. We would see him when we could. And 
I just, my dad is, he's, he's like my role model. He, I don't know, he's, he's always, I've always been a daddy's girl. He is definitely one of my heroes. He was leaving. So first I have my birth mom that just leaves. Yes, I know how that sounds. And now here we are again and my dad's leaving. And now I have to be stuck in this house with siblings that don't understand me. A mom that's never home, that's always with my sister. And now I'm here again trying to fight my own battles. So the second that I could, I was working. I was out of the house. I I wasn't home often. I went to school, would go to work. I used to work in an amusement park and I would work like 90 hour weeks. It was, it made the summers go by really fast. I wish I still had all that cash and I was a little bit more responsible with my money. <laughs> um, but I didn't know any better. You know, I had to figure out everything on my own. I had to figure out how to do my taxes by myself. I had to pay for my own school lunches by myself, my school clothes. I mean, I had to take care of it all. Uh, my dad helped me buy this cute little car and I had to I had to pay the insurance, I had to pay the gas, like it was, man, I had to fix it. I remember having to buy shocks and struts for it. Are those the same things? I don't know. Either way, (laughs) I had to pay for those. Like I took care of it. You know what I mean? I worked and I took care of my things. It's always been that way. I had a boyfriend at the time and it had gotten to the point where I had, I was so sick all the time my senior year. Like I... I don't even know how to describe it now, but I I would have these horrendous headaches. I would be so nauseous that even if I stood up, I would just get so sick. So most of my senior year, I didn't go to school because I was so sick. And Andrea didn't care. She didn't make me go to school. And my dad wasn't there. So he couldn't make me go either because he didn't know. Um, and so how, by the grace of God, Miss Thompson... Um, my yearbook teacher, she was, she still to this day is one of the best humans I've ever had in my life. And she, because of her, because of her, she is my saving grace. I graduated high school. I almost didn't graduate high school because of my attendance. Oh, I mean, my grades were fine. I had a three something GPA, but because I didn't have attendance, I almost didn't graduate. And she saved my butt. (laughs) She saved my butt. And I did graduate barely. Um, But before I even graduated high school, I told Andrea that I was moving out. I moved out with my boyfriend. He was older than me. He got us an apartment. I was working. So I paid the bills. I went to school and graduated barely, barely, barely graduated. (laughs) But I did. (laughs) And then college came. I was still living with the same boyfriend. Um, My dad had been remarried at this point to Heidi. So my stepmom's name is Heidi. Sometimes I call her mom. So I will try really hard to keep everybody's names here. He remarried Heidi. He moved down, down south. So they were a little bit further away from me. I enrolled in college. It was better than high school, but I still just, I didn't do well. I wasn't doing well when it came to the school thing. Work, you bet your ass I was at work every day. School, not so much, not so much. It was, I don't know, I, I hit this point in that relationship with that boyfriend that I just, I had to escape basically. 
I couldn't just quietly go. It was more of a, I'm leaving. This is when I'll be gone. Don't follow me. I lived on my own in this cute little studio apartment. I was so proud of myself. And I just packed up all my belongings, shoved it in this studio apartment, and I just got away as fast as I could from him. That relationship was full of control, um, money issues. Uh, we both had addictions and we both just had toxic, we just had this very toxic relationship that was just, it was very not good. And then on top of that, Andrea was also remarried at this point. Her husband and Forrest got into it and that just spun my depression just out of this world and I ended up on an antidepressant. After I was on my own for about four months, I went and lived with my dad. So at that point, Forrest had moved out from my dad's house. So I was moving in. Maybe, maybe. I think that's what it was. If not, it's fine. And it took me about two, maybe about like six weeks, two months to find a job while when I moved down south. Dad and Heidi were just the most gracious souls ever. Heidi literally taught me how to pay bills. I was 20 years old and she taught me how to pay my bills because I didn't know how to pay my bills. But I'd never been taught how to pay my bills because my mom didn't, Andrea didn't pay her bills. So Heidi had to show me how to pay bills because no one showed me how to pay bills. I didn't understand it. And so I give her all of the credit in the world when it comes to Amanda becoming a real adult <laughs> because that woman just, she just gets it. She is a great teacher and she's tried to teach me to cook, but I just, it just doesn't work. <laughs> Bless her heart. I love you, Heidi. So after that, I was able to get out on my own, had another boyfriend. He was cute, but you know, moved on from that, moved back in with dad and Heidi. And then after that, I just, things started getting so good for me. Um, I have cute little notes here and I had, I started having really bad anxiety attacks that they, they looked like I was having seizures. And so dad and Heidi really helped me through that. No, this was the first time I lived with them. The first time I lived with them is when my anxiety attacks started. They really helped me through that. I mean, we saw specialists. I couldn't drive anywhere. So my dad was driving me everywhere. Bless his heart. Oh, he is a saint. I just, I just adore that man. I got better. I moved out on my own. And then I moved back in with them after I was like, there's no point in me having to pay rent here when I can go live back with them. They're totally fine with it. I'm never home anyway. <laughs> so I might as well just pay them rent. That time in my life was really fun. There were lots of boys. <laughs> um, lots of meaningless dates. I have some, you know, some crazy date stories, but I just, I wasn't feeling the date. I just don't date. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I broke a lot of hearts, which is fine. Sorry. It really ultimately led me to my husband, Kelly, that literally the second that I saw him, I didn't know who he was. I knew nothing about this man in this. Sh he was wearing this brown. It was like gray shirt, brownie gray shirt. And it was a brownie brand. And he was wearing a camo bone collector hat. 
and he literally walked past me. And this moment in my life, I've only had this moment twice. He walked past me. I literally said to myself, that is my husband. First moment in my life I've ever been so fucking crystal clear. It was creepy. So your girl, you know, she Facebook stalked him after the dramatic how we met story, which is hilarious, by the way, if you haven't heard it, maybe I should make it a podcast. It was hilarious. Anyways, it led us to, (laughs) oh my gosh, we've been married for almost eight years now. We have a son. He's five, five and a half and we have a beautiful house. Um, At the moment, um, he's my husband, but we're actually separating. Most of the world doesn't know that yet. So, um, yeah, we'll save how we met at Halloween party one. We'll save that for a podcast. And just so you know, like us separating isn't that it's not drama. It's, it's good. Like he and I are fine. It'll all be okay. Just so you know, Kelson, my son, my world, he is, like I said, five and a half. He's obsessed with guns, hunting, all things boy. If it's police officers, SWAT team, bullets, rocks, he's my rock hound. I mean, this kid, that he is all boy. He is all boy. I mean, he's all, he's not even six yet, and we're already planning for him to be, like, you know, his first hunting tag when he hits 11. Like, we're just planning on it, right? Yeah. That's like the super fast rundown. I've had a lot of anxiety in my 20s, a lot of anxiety, um, a little bit of a, a little bit of depression, but I would think it's a little bit more of anxiety that I was dealing with. I've had a, one of my spiritual, I call it like my spiritual awakening. I am not, I'm a spiritual person. I am not religious. I respect everybody and their religious beliefs or their spiritual beliefs, whatever it is. So just so you know, I love you no matter what. Uh, I call it my spiritual event. I was, I literally should not be on this earth right now um, because of the car accident that I had. Um, I've had a very personal, very deep relationship with my body that has changed over the last... I would say the last five years, um, the relationship I have with my body has changed. And then in the last three years, the relationship I've had spiritually with myself has changed. The, the spiritual side of me, I was, I was clueless until that car accident. And that has really changed my life. And I think for the better, because I don't think if I had gone through what I went through, I would not be here talking to you about this right now. Just so you know, no, I would not be here. Um, so anyways, I hope this helps you kind of understand like the craziness that I go through. I've gone through, um, a lot of people have left my life. Um, some were my choosing, some were not my choosing. I stand on my own two feet. I, I firmly stand behind the people that I love and the people that have been loyal to me. I am very passionate. If there's something that I feel is wrong, I will stand up for it. I am no stranger to voicing my opinion in in, in good context, in good time. Um, I'm not tacky, you know what I mean? 
I just, I'm hot off of like Real Housewives right now. So that is not like that around here. The last three years that I've spent loving on myself has led me to this moment to share with you my life and to share with you my loss and my love. It has definitely propelled me forward to ultimately relentlessly love myself regardless of how I am. Your girl has some work to do. She still pops off every once in a while and people get a little like upset by it. So I've learned to, you know, I, I have some opportunities, but I still love myself. I love myself in t enough to know what my triggers are, where my opportunities lie. And I love myself for knowing that I know where I need to grow. I don't know everything, but I know what I know. And I hope that through my life experiences, you can, you know, maybe kind of take your life experiences and really look at them a little bit differently and be able to grow yourself and love yourself the way that I love myself. And I hope that you get from me the love that you can feel. I hope you know that I love you. <laughs> and if I love you, I hope it gives you a little bit of hope that you can love yourself as well, even if it's a hard, rough fucking, fucking road to go down you do it and you do it knowing that someone will back you. I will, if you ever need a cheerleader, you, you just tell me, just say, girl, I need a cheerleader and I will be right there. Whatever you need from me, I will always be there. I'm always there to be able to love you because I know I love myself enough that I have enough love to give. So I can promise you that falling in love with yourself will be the most beautiful process that you have ever gone through and i cannot wait to be able to go through this with you guys okay i love you so much i'll talk to you soon